We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Tuesday, November the 9th, 2021. Today's show, former Gamecocks football player Alex McGrath joins me. He does each and every single Tuesday to help break down the Gamecocks' big 40-17 to win over the Florida Gators. We also look ahead to this weekend as South Carolina looks to punch their ticket to bowl eligibility when they travel to Columbia, Missouri to take on the Missouri Tigers. Guys, all that and much more. We got a packed show here on a Tuesday, and it's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention the companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Guys, service is what separates Upstate Movers Group from the competition. They're not a trucking company. They're a moving services company. And they're also employee-owned co-op. Their movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone on the crew is invested in your success. They have dedicated professional crew members, and they also offer black glove service. They offer end-to-end packing services, custom crating and packaging special items, and cleaning services as well. They're founded by Greenville Natives and University of South Carolina alumni guys, so a Gamecock-owned small business. They also offer 20 years of project management moving experience, and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for. Guys, whether in the upstate or across the state of South Carolina, if you have any moving needs in 2021, be sure to check out our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. You can find them on social media at Upstate Movers Group. Of course, if you have any other questions, go to their website, upstatemoversgroup.com. That's upstatemoversgroup.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. He's going each and every single Tuesday. Former Gamecocks football player, Alex McGrath. Alex, going to help me break down what was a magical, incredible, and a little bit shocking night at Willie B on Saturdays. The Gamecocks absolutely dominate the Florida Gators in all three phases. Start to finish, final score, South Carolina 40, Florida 
17. Again, we have got a lot to discuss, a lot to dive into. Arguably, I'd say, Alex, our most fun show we've probably done since the beginning of the season. But first things first, my friend, appreciate you doing this as always. How was your weekend, which outside of the obvious, which was Saturday night? Had a had a great weekend. Got to catch up with some buddies. Watched an unbelievable football game Saturday <laughs> night, and it was it was magical. I don't know what to, I don't know what else to describe it. <laughs> yeah, even even forty eight or so hours later, I, I'm still giddy. I was on cloud nine when I woke up on Sunday and had to had to pinch myself. I was like, did that really happen? And sure enough, it was like, yes, oh yes, it did really happen. I, and I'll start there. First things first, out again. You know, we talked last week or two weeks ago, I should say, when we talked about this Florida game and how much the bye week could help you, how much it could benefit you. But neither of us were expecting what happened on Saturday night. I mean, how shocking was it for you? Not only do you beat Florida, you, you dominate them, start to finish, truly. And I, and I said that last week, Alex, that, you know, I felt like even with the spread being 19, 20, 20 and a half, whatever you saw it at, it wouldn't have shocked me if South Carolina was in a fourth quarter game, a one score game, having a chance because you've always seemed to play Florida close, but beating them the way you did and the way you did it, running the football for 284 yards. I mean, what do you make of it? Do you, do you really? Cause I mean, again, you, you, you talked about it, what can happen over the course of a bye week but I mean, how do you explain this football team having the kind of performance they had against the Florida Gators on Saturday night? Honestly, my man, I sit here in a complete loss for words <laughs> in the exact same fashion I did after Texas A&M. Obviously in a much, much better mood, but yes, who was that and where did that come from? <laughs> like, yeah. I, 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 that's really all I have. Like, I don't, I don't know how you go from, I don't know, six yards of total offense at the end of the third quarter against AM to we've all of a sudden put 30 on Florida in the first half and close to 400 yards. Yeah. Yeah. 400. Yeah. 459 yards total, I believe, was the offensive output. And let's start there for sure. And I'm going to start, uh, you know, we can talk Jason Brown, we can talk O-line, but here's the thing with me, Alex, I, I'm all about being critical and having criticisms. And, you know, of course we've had plenty of those to go around this season and I had continued to inject, you know, perspective, perspective, perspective. But I understood where Gamecock fans were coming from, that it felt, you know, a little bit empty uh, in the sense of you were four and four, but the way you had done it, who you had beaten, you know, nobody had, you know, sunshine and rainbows or butterflies, if you will, when talking about the way the Gamecocks had gotten there this season. But again, I, I believe in, in, you know, giving criticism when it's due, especially to those who are paid lots of money to put that product and get this team ready, but put that product on the field and perform to their best ability. I also believe when there's a job well done to tip your cap and give credit where credit's due. So as we all know, after Texas A&M, I call for the firing of Greg Atkins. There have been many people that have called for the firing of Marcus Satterfield. But I want to sit here now and get your take, get your feedback, your thoughts on the offensive game plan, the scheme as a whole, because what you did, you did it with a third-string quarterback, call it for what it is. Obviously, Jason Brown was prepared, ready to go, and he played his tail off. But, again, you ran for 284 yards, and the game plan all night looked incredible. Your thoughts on the overall play calling? Obviously, the execution was much better. You just bullied them up front. But, again, I, I feel like it's important we sit here. And does this mean that Salcon in the long run doesn't need to move on from Marcus Satterfield or Atkins? 
I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Those decisions will be made in the postseason. And again, this is not to say that all of a sudden Marcus Satterfield is the, is the greatest offensive coordinator of all time, but we've spent all year dogging this guy. I think, Alec, it's really important we sit here on this Tuesday and again, give credit where credit's due, and that's to Marcus Satterfield, Greg Atkins, and this entire offensive staff for the output that we saw against Florida. Oh, for sure. And, you know, first and foremost, you know, tip of the cap, as you said, to Jason Brown, who stepped in out of relative obscurity and just put on the greatest performance we've seen from a quarterback this season. Mm-hmm. It's just unbelievable. And it's like, you know, watching – going to Greg Atkins and Satterfield, you know, okay, so – all right, we did it. We, it looks like we finally played to our fullest potential. Or, you know, maybe, maybe that's not our fullest potential. Maybe there's another level that we can hit with that. But, you know, going forward, so, you know, we go to Missouri this weekend. Can you replicate that? Was this an aberration or can you replicate that? And if you can replicate that, both of those guys are 100% safe. There's no criticism really to go around at that point. And so, you know, we'll, I mean, we'll see, we'll see what happens with that game plan. I mean, the, I mean, you know, you asked me about the game plan, but the game plan was obviously perfect. Like, we kept them on their toes all night. Jason Brown was making great moves within the pocket, stepping up, rolling out, finding the open man. Did an unbelievable job there. The receivers played really well. You know, we got a, finally got a Kevin Harris sighting nine weeks into the season. And, you know, obviously, uh, Zachary White, played incredibly well, like all of these pieces that we knew, you know, because we've talked about it, like we have good players and it's like, they all finally kind of came to the forefront at the same time. And what they did from an internal game planning standpoint, you know, I obviously can't speculate on that. I'm not in those meetings, but you know, whatever they put out there worked. And so now it's like, can we replicate that? And that's the biggest thing going into this Missouri game. Yeah. And not to, 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 get too far ahead but again you talk about replicating it you're going to be going up against a Missouri team that is averaging giving up 271 yards per game on the ground so you're you're gonna have the opportunity that's to the replicate. average that's the average they are 129th oh out of 130 teams in rush defense so you're gonna have the opportunity to run wild on Saturday and Como again we're gonna get there in just a second but I want to go back again sticking with that that running game first. We're going to get to Jason Brown. Everyone wants to talk quarterback. Was there anything specifically you saw they did differently in the run game that led to that success? I mean, obviously, I think incorporating the fullback, that is something they absolutely need to stick with. Um, I thought that made a difference. But outside of just simply just dominating their man at the point of attack, was there anything you saw in the run game that, that you liked, that stood out, that you want to see more of? curiously there seemed to be a giant lack of confusion only one penalty for five yards by the way exactly crazy no no false starts there's no whiffing so like obviously something internally changed there i don't know what that was but something changed and you know i would like to think it was because of us who could say (laughs) <laughs> but, you know, obviously something in that meeting room changed from a game planning standpoint to, hey, we got to simplify this. And I think that to me, that's what it looked like they did. Mm-hmm. You know, to your point, you know, you're running a fullback in there now. So now you've got one extra man to be blocking. So now you're not having to pull as much. Now you're not having to make line calls nearly as frequently. So you simplify that down. You allow them to not be thinking going through the snap count like, 
okay, I just got this call. I need to go do this. It's just like, you get up there. You're like, this is my man. That's where I'm going. And that's what it looked like to me. It looked like he had some like conviction out there running that ball. And it's crazy just, Alex, how much better everything looks when the running game is working. And we, we talked about it all preseason, right? Like that's the strength of this football team. And in games where South gonna cannot run the ball, they're running for less than 100. They're running for three and a half yards per carry. You're most likely going to struggle offensively no matter who is under center. But when you have a night like you had against Florida, you run the ball for 284 yards, 6.8 yards per carry. Your two leading rushers, Kevin Harris and Zaquandre White, ran for eight and eight and a half yards per carry, respectively. Like, if you'd have just told me that stat, if you'd have just told me, hey, just so you know, Carolina's going to run for 284 yards against Florida, I probably would have put the chances at winning pretty high, pretty high. Yeah, uh, yeah for sure. pretty good. And, you know, run the ball, stop the run, no matter how much football changes. That seems to be a key recipe for success. But, of course, we got to talk quarterback. What, what Jason Brown did again, and, uh, you know, I, I've put out some – apology letters if you will and made my amends with jason brown because i you know i listen i doubted the kid uh even going in the game saturday night you know I, I picked the gators to win by 21 and i don't think my prediction was was that outlandish based off everything we saw but you know jason brown what i expected or what i hoped from him alex i was sitting there at the tailgate talking to my buddy and i just said if he can just go out there don't turn the football over don't make any costly mistakes you know don't play us out of the ball game give us a chance to win that's all I wanted. I was keeping my expectations very realistic. And you look at his stat line, 14 of 24, 175 yards, two touchdowns. Again, he protected the football, didn't throw a pick. But the thing that really jumps out to you, because those aren't like gaudy numbers or anything, but you mentioned it, man, his mobility, his escapability, his overall pocket awareness. Because on a lot of those big plays, and you know, the one that really sticks out is really two plays. The touchdown to Josh Fan, which – Florida, I guess, just forgot he existed, didn't cover him. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, I don't know what that was about. Uh, that one where he steps up in the pocket and rolls out, makes a beautiful throw on the run. But really the other one, the long 50-yard bomb to Josh Fan, in which he has a guy coming from his blind side, and he's able to spin out, roll out, de uh, deliver an accurate ball down the field. That, to me, was the biggest takeaway and that it's, you know, I, I think that's kind of Alex – I think that's what we expected to see from Luke Doty, and we just never yeah. got it, whether it be the injury or whatever else have you. To me, that was the biggest difference maker with Jason Brown, and that'll be the difference maker moving forward with this offense is his escapability and mobility and awareness within the pocket. Oh, 100%. I, I, I will tell you this, like comparatively looking at him, Zeb, and Luke, he just looked infinitely more comfortable mm -hmm. back there than any of them have. Yeah. And that that is like the first step in the recipe of success. Like if you're comfortable and you know what you're supposed to do, you can execute that a lot easier than if you're you've got all kinds of thoughts running around in your head. But he looked <laughs> that was just that was unbelievable. He just put on a show. Yeah. You know, we, we, we throw around the term, especially when you talk Zeb Nolan, like game manager, if you will. But he looked like the field general in the sense of, like you said, man, like they, we were in control of the game the entire time. O offensively, there was a plan. There was a known plan of what was going on. Never look flustered. Never look out of sorts. You know what I mean? Like that, I, I agree with you. I think that was one of the biggest differences as well. But yeah, his escapability and mobility, man, and just being able to, the game looked like it was moving slower with, with him back. Yeah. If that makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. He just looked so comfortable. You know, especially for a guy making his first start mm -hmm. in the in the SEC, 
in a night game against Florida. Like you would think like most people would be jittery, throwing high balls, all kinds of stuff. He never did that. He was just like, nope, I'm good. And just ran out there and ran with it. And that was incredibly impressive to watch. Now, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Alex, but I'd have to assume you probably agree that Jason Brown is and should be the answer for the rest of the 2021 season. Yeah. yeah. Who else is available? Well, if, if I'm just saying if Zeb Nolan comes back healthy, I know Shane Beamer loves to do the whole gamesmanship thing. You know, he's, he's no. made the point. No. I, we're not going to talk about the quarterback position, but, I mean, I think it's – pretty obvious <laughs> i think it's pretty yeah, obvious no that's a, that's a real easy decision yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i'd agree I, I just i just wanted to let you go on record i didn't want to make any assumptions or anything which hey if alex mcgrath wanted to have the bold take that zeb nolan's the best guy i, I was going to give you the opportunity to be that guy but i mean listen I'm i'll give you know. another bold take i'll say this like if like luke Doty was healthy now yeah i'd keep jason brown in there well if it ain't broke like, don't you, fix it as well right i mean it, it would be right yeah i mean i Kids earned another another start. That's for damn sure. He's earned another start. No question. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't think we've ever beaten Florida by twenty three points. So no, that's that's we'll we'll take that. Yeah. Again, what what a magical night it was, and again things just clicking on the ground, and it's just again, folks, it's when the running game is working. You know, when the run we can talk quarterback, and all, that's all great. But when the offensive line is is moving bodies, and you're running the football for over six yards a carry. Hey, that spells for success. You know what also spells for success? Defensively, when you're stopping the run, that helps too. Alex, Florida held to 82 total yards on the ground, 3.2 yards per carry. I I talked about a big key in this game was stopping the quarterback run or at least limiting the quarterback run because how many times have we seen over and over and over again where the Gamecocks take on a mobile quarterback, a dual-threat quarterback, and he just runs wild on them all night. Uh, Clayton White's defense. I mean, we just continue to throw praise on them. Emory Jones had a grand total of 11 carries for 26 yards and 2.4 yards per carry. I think obviously the big play defensively was that scoop and score by Jabari Ellis uh, before the end of the first half, which that that was the one for me, Alex, that we scored. And I was like, okay, I I feel pretty good. Like we're going to win this ball game. Um, I'll just ask you this on the, the opportunistic nature of the Carolina defense, because when you were at Carolina, there were a ton of great defensive players. This has got to be like one of the most opportunistic defenses I've ever seen. I mean, how many big plays like that scoop and score? How many big plays have we had like that? I mean, it's incredible. South Carolina is literally leading the conference in takeaways. I, I mean, just an it's it is just truly night and day from last year what you're doing defensively. I mean, it is it is. Oh yeah. I know we keep harping on it, but man, Clayton White's unit that job he's done. Give them a blank check and whatever extension because it, it, it is it is wild the job they've done this year defensively. It's it's unreal. Like especially when you consider like the amount of people that hit the transfer portal after the season. Oh yeah, which you lost to the draft. Like and to kind of meld this together. I mean, and again, we talk about it all the time. It's you know we've got like our front line is fantastic. Like we've got good players at that one spot on the depth chart, and then it kind of falls off a little bit once you get to twos and threes. But to get them to perform the way that they have has just been unbelievable to watch, especially when you consider like Florida, I believe, had the third best offense in the conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to just hold them to 17 points, generate turnovers, hold them to 82 yards on the ground. I mean, that is 
it's a magical night. And I don't, I don't, you, can you bottle this elixir and keep it with the team for the rest of the season? I really hope so. Um, but it's just, it, it, it kind of goes further than that. And I know I've talked about this a lot, but it's like when you're talking about like building confidence in those guys, like this is such a huge step in that process. Like you go out there and you knock Florida in the mouth and now you kind of look at it and like everything that's happened behind you is just gone. Hmm. Like, you know what? Who cares about, who cares about AM? Who cares about Georgia? Who cares about Tennessee? Like we did this together and now we get now, especially like because of the position you put yourself in, now you've got three opportunities to go out there and get yourself in a bowl game and finish the season on a hugely high note. So that, that could tip of the tip of the cap to the defense because they've been holding it together for us all year and we finally put it together on offense and that's what it looked like. Yeah, Alex, speaking of the statistics you brought up a little bit earlier, this is the first time this season that Florida was outgained in a game. And, and you think about it, like they've played Georgia and they still had not been outgained. So yeah, kudos to all parties involved. That's a pretty mind-blowing stat when you really think That's about it. And you know, I'm sure Florida fan, you know, they they played Alabama. Like Florida fans are on one hand, we're thinking, man, we, you know, we're doing this, that. There was no debate about it on Saturday. And that's why you've seen coaching changes in Gainesville in the last 24, 48 hours as Todd Grantham and the offensive line coach have been fired. So death taxes and Florida coaches being fired after South going to beat them. Now let's not turn around and go hire them. Let's not make that mistake. No. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> neither one of those guys, I think, are, are in very high demand for their services. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that. Um, you know, obviously, again, Alex, it, it's crazy how the – you know, just the fun is in the winning and how it can certainly change the mindset and the attitude. You know, just two weeks ago when you and I chatted, we were thinking to ourselves, you know, again, you were four and four, you were 500 and keep perspective, you know, inject perspective. But, you know, realistically, many didn't think Carolina would win another game. Now you sit here five and four. You, you've got Missouri on the road, which looks very winnable. Auburn is a night game, as we talked off air. And then Clemson is still just kind of wandering in the wilderness of who knows what they are. Um so a lot of opportunity left. I, I want to stick with the Florida game, though. Just in your opinion and your thought, again, we, we talked about earlier in the season, you know, when you beat East Carolina by a field goal or, you know, you won some of the other games you won, how important that was for, you know, what Shane Beamer, the job he's doing in regards to behind the scenes, building the culture. You know, he talked about when he was first hired, getting his football team to trust him and what he says and, you know, we, we talked about how winning those games early in the season and overcoming adversity to do so was so important because it, it reinstilled and it, it reaffirmed everything that the coaching staff and all these guys are telling them, like, hey, we're not, just, we're not just blowing smoke up your ass. Like, we're saying this because it works and what we're doing here, there's a method to our madness. You look at this game. Again, it, it's a big win for many reasons, but I just don't feel like you can overstate how important this game is for – Shane Beamer early in his tenure at South Carolina. Now, I want to make the point, win or lose any game in this first season, we've made the point that no game this year is necessarily an indictment positively or negatively on Shane Beamer and the job he's doing and, like, where his program's going. Like, for example, just because you beat Florida doesn't mean Shane Beamer's the next East Spurrier, right? And just because you lost to Texas A&M doesn't mean, you know, he doesn't know what he's doing and he shouldn't have the job, right? So, I mean, the, the, the truth right. lies somewhere in the middle, but – this is a huge win. No matter how you spin it, it's a huge win early on. It's that hang your hat type of victory. It is that signature win in year one. Again, I, I would love to get your thoughts and your and your take on just the the importance of this one and what you feel like this this means for Shane Beamer and his program moving forward. I mean, it's it, 
to, to your point, you get to hang your hat on something and now you have something to sell. You got to like, especially for the recruits that were in the building last night and got to see, and they, like, you know, a raucous environment inside the stadium that was still not even close to entirely full. And so like now, like you, this is the first block in building momentum to finish out the season in a strong way, which you can still do. You know, we've got winnable games left on the schedule if we can continue to play like that. You know, two very important ones at home that you can now kind of spin those out there and say, hey, you guys want to come to this game? Do you want to come to this game? And it's like you beat Missouri on the road. All of a sudden, those stands are going to be a lot more full. That environment's going to be rocking. And that's what you need to sell that program. So I think for him, that's a huge feather in the hat moment to push this program forward from a recruiting standpoint. And I mean, for him and the guys that are in that locker room, for everything that they have been through for the last 18 months to finally get your hands on that, you know, and, and I know it's one game. It doesn't mean anything in the broader context of what the season has been, but for them to get that victory in that fashion over that opponent is huge for everybody. Like it, it just like final that that release of like we put all we put all of this work into this. We've sweated all summer long. We've been getting up at five o'clock in the morning to go to these workouts, and to finally have that payoff is so big. It's so big for the team. It's huge for Beamer. It's huge from a recruiting standpoint. Like now you've got something to sell. You've got people that have seen the stadium just rocking out. Like that's what pushes you forward to that next level. Yeah. And it's a huge win. Like you said, of an opponent that historically, I mean, you know, you haven't had a ton of success over, let's just call it for what it is. And, and like you said, I think the big thing in recruiting, being able to sell that and Hey, just sell it to your current fan base. Now what's going on and what you're building. And, and uh, you know, it, it, it's crazy. You mentioned, man, again, you're, you're five and four. So it's not like, you know, like we were saying, it, it's not like you just notched your second or third win on Saturday night. And it's like, well, maybe, maybe we can just clean to that. But Again, it's interesting how this season has gone, and like it was the most tumultuous feeling four and four of all time. And I guess that's going to happen when you beat Vanderbilt by a single point, a single digit. But mm -hmm. uh, you know, to, yeah, to now all of a sudden, be five and four, getting to a bowl game looks very realistic. And obviously, getting to postseason play, we talked about in the preseason, just huge for this football team and Shane Beamer and what he's building. And like I said, keeping positive momentum. Uh, going for sure. I would the very big thing, but uh, moving, uh, moving ahead, looking ahead to this weekend. Now the team you will take on the Missouri Tigers in Como, a four o'clock kickoff. And like I said, Alex, you're going to have a great opportunity to notch that sixth win because the Tigers issues defensively. That has been a big thing. Will Connor Basilak, their quarterback even be available. You've got a real opportunity um, to notch that sixth win and, and keep positive momentum going. I want to ask you this because I get this question a lot. I got it in the preseason, and I'm certainly getting it now. There are many Gamecock fans who have PTSD, and what they have PTSD from specifically is time and time again over the years, they have seen a Gamecocks team, and I don't know how much it really happened when you were there, but everybody goes back to 2010 Alabama, right? You beat Alabama, you're, you're on the mountaintop, and then you go to Kentucky the next weekend and you just lay an egg and you lose. And the question I get is, Chris, how do you avoid that? How, how, do, how is that avoided? And I'd love to hear again from your perspective, your vantage point. Like, how, how we obviously want to see this team get a W. It's a game, you know, you're, I'm sure you, 
You saw the Vegas spread. You opened as a three-point underdog, which was a little surprising to me. That's already come down to one, though. So, I mean, the game is basically a pick them on the road. Um, how does this team avoid a letdown? You got such a big win. People patting you on the back. Hey, you know, we know college football is so week to week, right? Just two weeks ago, yeah. fire everybody. Everybody's terrible. The players are awful. Now this week, oh, my God, we have the greatest coaches in the world. Our players are great. Jason Brown should get the Heisman Trophy, this, that, whatever. How does this team avoid a letdown in route to notching its sixth win and gaining bowl eligibility on Saturday? I mean, so the so the biggest thing, I, like, to me, is not letting the guys get caught up in their Twitter mentions and just all the positive press that's going to come their way and thinking, like, you know, oh, we've got Missouri this week. We can kind of relax. You have to like, so it's it's a motive. I think it's more motivational than anything else. It's like the coaches just have to stay on top of them. It's not like, hey, we did a great thing last week. We're gonna lighten up on you a little bit this week. It's like you gotta, you almost have to come out like harder on them than you were before, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense, and just not let them get kind of caught up in that hype that just happened. To your point. 48 hours ago. So it's being able to keep them in that line, which admittedly between, you know, 18 and 22 year olds can be very, very difficult, which is why you get so many of those Jekyll and Hyde performances. And so it's kind of like what Nick Saban does, right? Like the man has no emotion when they just steamroll opponents week after week. And so like, you know, that like constant edge, I think is something you have to keep as a coaching staff to make sure you're directing them in the right places. And that's not something, Alex, I'll make the point. I don't worry about that going into this weekend. I, I just think that, I mean, yes, the win over Florida was great. Don't get me wrong, but you're five and four. I mean, you haven't, you, you haven't accomplished, you know, call it what it is, you haven't accomplished anything. You know what I mean? So I think this game, honestly, against Mizzou, though, Alex, again, you got three more to play. And, you know, there's, there, there's, a, there's a whole newfound optimism and outlook on the rest of the season. This one is pivotal. This one is pivotal just to keep positive momentum going. And you're not playing Auburn. You're not playing in a rivalry game against Clemson. You're playing a Missouri team that you should realistically. I mean, I think we look at this game. It's like South Carolina should win. I mean, I was thinking that before the Florida game even happened that, hey, this is a game that Missouri's not very good. I mean, they're getting steamrolled. You just mentioned they're getting steamrolled by people. I mean, granted, Georgia's beating the hell out of everybody, but 43 to six. They lost to Georgia over the weekend. I mean, they're sitting at four and five overall, one and four in the conference. They basically lost to all the teams you lost. They lost 62 to 24 to Tennessee. They lost to Kentucky. They lost to AM. I mean, they beat Vandy 37 to 28. I guess if you take any solace in that, but this is an extremely winnable game. And I, I think it is one that, you know, for this football team, this fan base, all parties involved, going to Missouri. And building off of what you did against Florida. Don't, don't, don't revert back to what you did before then. Don't revert back to three yards per carry. I think it's really important to go to Como and really build on that, you know, against a team that everybody has run the ball against. 271 yards per game. I think it's a pivotal, Alex, to, again, build on that performance in route to a victory on Saturday. 100%. Like, and, and that's the whole thing is, like, you got to be able to keep that mental edge after a huge win like that. And so if you can do that, you can roll through them. Like, think about what that looks like coming into Auburn. Oh, yeah. Dude, and you mentioned Willie B. I was just thinking that. You get the win over Mizzou. I don't care if you won by a point, by the way. Getting to bowl eligibility is all I care about. You get the win, Williams-Brice will be jumping 
for the Auburn game. No question. For that 7 p.m. kick, everybody right. gets nice and lubricated. Mike, Bobo, Mike Bobo's return to Cola, yeah, it's, it's going to be pretty fired up. So I would say so, yes. <laughs> so that is going to be quite the scene. Right. It, almost no matter what, but it would be infinitely better. Oh, if for you, sure. If you're full eligible, you just beat Missouri on the road, like, boom. Let's get, let's get to Auburn, see what happens. It's crazy, Alex. Like I said, what winning can do. Uh, <laughs> what winning can do when your team goes out there and you, you really, again, I, I think you made a point earlier, but really you feel like finally hits their potential, if you will, especially in the run game, what we kind of hoped for and expected. It's just, wow, what winning can do and how it can change the attitude. But certainly that's what's happened. South Carolina now sits five and four. And uh, I mentioned this point last week, Alex, late in the week. They remember November. So for all the turmoil, for, for all the ups and downs, the roller coaster ride that has been, that has was in this season, you go three and one in November, all of a sudden, all is, it's, all is well. All is well. And it's just a whole new look optimism and, and uh, going into a bowl game. And hey, God forbid you can win that one. I mean, who can forget 06 when, you know, Steve Spurrier beat Houston Liberty Bowl? And I mean, I thought that was a huge win for the program. It's just, you know, I think Spurrier used to talk about it. When you can win a bowl game, man, it just completely changes your, your off-season workouts and your summer workouts and, and, and just everything within your football team, your program, it, it is, a, is a positive thing for sure. Alex, this has been a pleasure. And again, when you win, it's a lot of fun. Last thing before I get you out of here, because there were many to me, but most surprising thing from Saturday night, 284 yards rushing, Jason Brown doing what he did, one penalty, God forbid, the score. I mean, what, what, what to you, when you look at that game, what stands out as like, wow, like that surprised me more than anything. I mean, if I was going to pick one of those things, I think it would 100% be the rushing. I, I, like, I really can't undersell, however. I don't know who that was or where that came from because we beat East Carolina by last second field goal, struggled with Troy, got our doors blown off at Tennessee, A&M, Georgia, without any semblance of an offense whatsoever. Like, we roll into the Florida game, 20-and-a-half-point dogs, and beat them by 23, rushing for 284 yards, 200-yard rushers, third-string quarterback, puts on a show. Like, I... Two 100-yard rushers. I, I, your, your leading rusher coming in that game Saturday, I think he had less rushing yards on the season than you had as a team Saturday night. Like, that is how absurd that game was I, on the ground for Carolina. I mean, it's, that's, that's all. It's just, it's a tale of the absurd. I think that's just it. It's like, I don't know what happened. Like, and, and I hate it because I wish I had like better takes about it, but it was just like, this is not the same team we have been watching for eight weeks of the season. So, you know, wh whatever changed in those meeting rooms, whatever changed in that practice schedule, whatever changed with the scheme kudos to those guys because they found a way to make it work and let's see if we can make it let them make it work saturday yeah bottle it up the greatest bye week in the history of bye weeks if you ask me had to be had to be <laughs> it had to be i mean unbelievable I, I mean i don't know what rituals were performed in the building or what was going on but it's just incredible <laughs> like you said who are these players and can we keep them for the rest of the year 
Yeah, I mean that that's really it. Like I like we had no penalties. We had no penalties. Like I don't like we we didn't really have any blown assignments on the line. Like I like all the stuff that has wrecked us all season long was just gone in an instant. Seemingly like out of nowhere and then you like get into that situation and it's like you start rolling. Like the defense kind of do- has done the same thing every week so far, right? I mean, certainly, like, you know, you look at Georgia, Tennessee, Adam, like, you know, when the offense is putting you in bad spots, there's only so much you can do. But, you know, from them, like, they played kind of the way they've been playing all year. They're super opportunistic. You know, we've got a good scheme out there. The defensive line is going to do their job. And then, like, you couple that with, you know, an offense that has a pulse to it and way more than a pulse to it, I would say, you know, on Saturday. And it's like, oh, this is what it could be. And yeah, fingers crossed we keep it going. Yeah. The fun is in the winning, and it's also fun to watch Florida squirm after we kick their ass, and now Dan Mullen's on the hot seat, and coaches Ooh, are getting what? fired, and it's just great. But, hey, guess what? Dan Mullen, if he gets fired, his, payout, his buyout's $12 million. So the real MVP in all this is, is college football head coach agents that just continue to rake in money if their <laughs> clients – Suck. So whatever. Yeah. It is what it is. Tip, tip of the cap to Jimmy Tip Sexton. of the cap to Jimmy Sexton. That man is the real legend in all of this for sure. Alex, it's a pleasure, man. It's we, we should we should do this more often after a big win. I know it's a little bit out of our I control, agree. but yeah, this is this is a nice change of pace. So uh no nah, man, it's always a pleasure to chat with you. And like I said, looking forward to a fun weekend and uh looking forward to do it again next week. That sounds good, buddy. Uh, again, he's Alex McGrath. I'm Chris Wiltz. We appreciate you guys tuning in, and we'll catch you next time on another episode of the Spurs Up Show. is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces plus 24 7 customer support his venue never misses a beat call quickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done